Hello everybody, welcome back to the That Time When podcast. Today, we are talking about that time when Schumacher was forced into a comeback, question mark. Let's <laughs> <laughs> put that in brackets. Yeah. Uh, I'm obviously joined uh, with the resident guests, Dan and Tommy. Hello. Hello. Hello both. Are you ready to talk about this one? Yeah. Is it a juicy Absolutely. one? Out of yeah. 10, how juicy is it? Succulent. Succulent. Like, 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 bean, 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 out of 10. <laughs> orange juice with, with extra pulp. Okay. Or some serious pulping action. Okay. So let's talk about it then. So today we're talking about the time Michael Schumacher had a sensational comeback race after breaking his leg at Silverstone. I remember that. I, I remember watching it. Sat there. He goes into the wall. Uh, Stone. Stone. It was Stone. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, Fortunately, he came out of that not particularly harmed. Obviously, he broke his leg, but it, it looked quite, yeah, it was quite scary shocking. at the time. Wasn't it, it? They put it was like, the screens scary. up and stuff, didn't they? He yeah. was in the car for a long time as well. Yeah. It was, that, it was that kind of era now where someone goes into a barrel like that and it's nothing. Yeah, they would have but, came out walk off cool. Yeah, I guess, you know, the the structure around your legs around that kind of time was not, not as strong to, you know, have a frontal impact like that where yeah. your legs are essentially going into that wall so yeah 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 uh, nasty so, so he broke his leg and had to miss several races whilst he recovered which essentially put him out of the title fight wasn't it like seven races he missed or something uh, six i think six races yeah. yeah um and good old mika salo gets gets the call up yeah an right, odd lad? one i don't really was there any reason for that he wasn't a test driver or anything? Uh, i think he was out of a contract that year because he subbed at bar for zonta for a couple <laughs> gets of gets out of a contract and then gets gets the call up by ferrari for half a year yeah imagine i think this was, this was a little bit before ferrari had their roster of like bertie and badoa and janae as their test drivers so i think yeah it, it was... almost kind of predated the whole junior team thing where yeah. you had a you, you know now f1 teams have people on their ladder where you almost know for sure exactly who's going to replace someone if there yeah, is an incident yeah. like this whereas this was just oh Salo, he's fast and experienced yeah. he'll do he's got a race suit put him in yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was pretty much it that was his kind of performances wasn't it um he wasn't particularly quick um, he had a, a stonking race in hockenheim where he deserved to win the race and was absolutely dominating and probably robbed quite team orders yeah team orders understandably out of Irvine. view of the cameras as well, where there was no TV cameras. Really? Yeah, so it, it just was just... ran wide. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the title fight was between Mika Hakkinen and Eddie Irvine. I mean, that just sums up the championship in... Uh, yeah. At this I... point, Frentzen somehow almost got Fren... into yeah, uh, he snuck a into contention fight in a Jordan. Because he had won a couple of races that season, right? Yeah. yeah. And it was a pretty mad season. You had loads races, of races where and... Johnny Herbert won for Stewart in a race. Um, oh, Silverstone. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no uh, There were, there were, yeah, quite a few wet races, and just Hackman a few more kept making mistakes and spinning out and reliability and yeah. There's the was... famous '99 was the famous one where he retired at Monza and yeah, cried yeah. in a hedge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sad times, but is it right to say that Ferrari had a pretty awesome car? This they had the best year? car that year. If yeah. Schumacher hadn't had his injury, I think he would have. Oh, he had dominated that championship. Yeah, there's yeah, any. Yeah doubt really so if, if eddie irvine could be in a title fight schumacher would have would have destroyed it. yeah, yeah. Exactly. let's be honest um so build up to the malaysian grand prix which, which is the the race we're talking about with uh schumacher's being forced into a comeback potentially um the first proper tilka track um malaysia great track right much missed yeah yeah one of those that obviously drain covers ignore aside yeah. um 
it was it was a good track. Yeah. We had some pretty decent races. I really there. liked it was Malaysia. A few, it was a good changeable yeah, conditions good as well occasionally and uh, yeah, I, I I liked it both on the F one game and in real life. Yeah. Yeah, same. yeah, yeah. I love driving it. There's loads of good corners. So Schumacher wasn't initially expected to return <clears throat> until two thousand. Um why do you guys think that he ended up racing in Malaysia? Well, there's an interesting story. Do you want, yeah. do you want to... Uh, yeah. How do you, um, you can have the honours. Well, well excited. He'd, he'd tested at Monza a few weeks earlier and uh, was really quick. And the team thought, oh, great, we'll get you back in the car like as soon as possible. But Schumacher said, oh, no, my leg's hurting. I can't can't do a race distance. So uh, basically went back home and Ferrari just carried on with Salo. And then uh, the story goes that uh, Luca de Montezemolo, the team principal at the time, phone Schumacher's house and his daughter answered the phone and when he said can you get your dad for me she said yes he's just out playing football <laughs> and uh the, that kind of and then apparently Montezemolo basically told Schumacher in no uncertain terms that he'd be racing in Malaysia so how how solid is that as a source that, it's, that entire story it's widely reported it's widely it's, reported yeah. it's <laughs> it, you know over football. the years it might have become slightly more exaggerated and it probably has yeah. but yeah. I think there's there's probably some truth to yeah. certain I think, aspects I think for for a bit of context so uh, it's important to know that Michael Schumacher hadn't won a title at Ferrari yet so he'd Obviously, everyone will know that he absolutely dominated when he joined Ferrari. But Ferrari hadn't won a driver's title since 1979 yeah. with Jody Schechter. Yeah. And Schumacher was very much brought in to be that first person to win. He wanted to do it. He wanted well. to do it. He wanted that achievement to be the first driver's champion in 21 yeah. years, uh, 20 years or whatever. And the fact that Eddie Irvine was probably <laughs> going to win the world championship. Michael Schumacher, obviously, this is all suspect, but he wanted. My mic's gone weird. No, no. You're fine. Um, yeah, he. There was rumor that you know Schumacher wouldn't want to help Eddie he Irvine yeah. win a world championship because yeah. yeah. he wanted to be the man to do it. Yeah. yeah so yeah. he didn't want to give him any help. He's like, you can have Mikasalo as a teammate gifting you the odd win but not being that quick and mm. you've got to do it yourself so yeah interesting so after the little football incident he uh ended up racing in malaysia yeah which was forced. the penultimate race of the season back yeah. then, right? penultimate race of the season it's going down to the wire in the championship hunt was there finally in the championship at this point uh i think were they neck and neck on points going into the race uh after the race um, let me have a look. All right, you have Carry a look at that whilst uh, we talk about qualifying. So yeah. Schumacher comes back and is on pole by almost a second. Uh, sorry, so Hakkinen was on 62 points and Irvine was on 60 points. So okay. it was very close. Ah, yeah. Just so. had a odd race in Nürburgring that we were talking about where Johnny Herbert won. Yeah. Ah. So yeah, Schumacher was on pole by almost a second. Yeah, so he's come that's back. Like, that's a statement, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you've got Eddie Irvine fighting for the championship. I'm back <laughs> in my first race after breaking my leg, and I'm a second quicker than anybody yeah. else. It's if, an incredible lap as well. If, yeah. you, if you find it on YouTube, it's like he's properly sideways through some of the corners. It's absolutely spectacular. That's awesome. So, yeah, looking at qualifying here, so Hakkinen was fourth, did a 40.8. David Coulthard, third, did a 40.8. Eddie Irvine did a 40. Point six and Schumacher did a thirty nine point six. It's crazy. So yeah, and that was the dry what? session. Yeah, yeah, and like you say, 
coming back in your first qualifying session after breaking your leg. Yeah, when you, you're expected to be a little bit in, rusty, aren't in, you? And he's not even known as a particularly special qualifier either. He was no, like exactly. really quick at times. Yeah, but like that was special even for him, I think. And it also highlighted how bad Eddie Irvine. <laughs> really well, <was>. yeah, <laughs> and well. how and how much better Schumacher's leg had been to play football with. Yes, yeah. interesting. Maybe. Yeah, it's, it's a weird. Uh, Little story that one. So Schumacher kept the lead at the start of the race, uh, and and let Irvine pass on lap two, uh, and and then became, what would you call him? What, what kind of blockade? A, a proper, proper like, yeah, proper blocker. Like he a, uh, he carried on his form at the start as well. He pulled out three point one seconds in two laps at the start over Irvine, and then <laughs> slowed down really quickly to let him back pass, just like, to prove to everybody, I've got the pace. I'm yeah. letting him through. We, yeah. If you can find any clips from this race, it's actually one of my favourite Schumacher races. Just to just to show what he was all about, pace, kind of the fact that he's there to help his teammate, and he was he he basically just absolutely embarrassed Eddie Irvine in that race. Yeah, he did, he did it at the start. He absolutely just flew off into the distance, and he was on a heavier fuel load as well. He was yeah. on a one stop, and Irvine was on a two stop, and he was still <laughs> like a second yeah. lap quicker. And let, let's be honest. He didn't need to do that, but it was a way of him to say, I just want you guys to know that I am the best. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which is fair. Yeah. If you're in his position, I think a lot of people... Yeah. Just just so you know, I should be winning this championship, yeah. and I'm going to show you in this race why I would definitely <laughs> have won this championship if I hadn't broken my leg. It's like and before just... the fastest lap point was, uh, was, was introduced in Formula One, you'd have teammates who were stuck behind their teammate or whatever drop back set the fastest lap like max verstappen's done yeah, that a few times yeah. and yeah yeah things like that where you're just kind of showing everybody yeah i've got the pace just couldn't get through or was told not to yeah so. we're going to take a short interval because i'd like to tell you a little bit about our wonderful sponsor for this that time when harry's if you haven't heard of harry's before it was started by two ordinary guys jeff and andy who were fed up with overpriced razors and wanted to fix shaving so what they go and do is buy their own factory to save the shaving world as we know it. They are lifesavers. The guys take far less profit and put more money into creating the best product possible and at almost half the price of the leading five blade brand. The Harry's trial set comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave, providing you are able to grow a beard, unlike the WTF1 founder Tommy. As with last time, I'm going to try the best advertising voice I've got for this bit. <coughs> Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Weighted ergonomic handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, travel blade cover. We wouldn't be doing this advertisement if there wasn't something to offer you guys as well. You can get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Support this WTF1 podcast and get your trial set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel and travel blade cover by going to harrys.com forward slash WTF1 right now. That's harrys.com forward slash WTF1. Sponsors like Harry's help the WTF1 world go round so we can continue doing That Time When podcasts. So please do go check them out. Right, let's continue. So Schumacher was holding the field up. Coulthard got past, but then soon retired. Uh, that's interesting. So, so Schumacher was holding the field up. Coulthard got past. Was Schumacher struggling at that point? or, or No, or no, I think he was trying to slow them up so much and then Coulthard just found a way Actually, through. Ed, Eddie Irvine wasn't pulling away really that, no. that much. No. In terms of the fact that Schumacher could pull away on on a one-stop heavy fuel <laughs> load and 
that, that even when um, the clip, even when Schumacher lets Eddie Irvine go, he's almost like stopped on the apex because Eddie Irvine almost barely overtakes him. <laughs> and he's like stopping. And I think the commentators, I think it's Brundle is like, come on, Eddie, you need to get a move on here. Because he's just Mad. trying so hard to back the pack up. So Schumacher would have absolutely would have would have won this race by over a minute. He, uh, I think he could have done. Oh yeah, yeah he would have. Uh, so he so Irvine pitted. I keep hitting my microphone. Irvine pitted. Schumacher retook the lead. <laughs> then when Schumacher retook the lead, he let Irvine pass again. Yeah, so Schumacher. Schumacher's embarrassment. Schumacher basically got the the overcut on Irvine and then when he'd done his stop he was still ahead of Irvine and Irvine had another stop to make so we had to let him through again. So I'm assuming Schumacher didn't slow down at this point it was more like okay Irvine's on fresh tyres yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And interesting uh, so Irvine won the race from Schumacher Hakkinen finished in third uh, so Irvine took a four point lead over Hakkinen into the last Grand Prix which is a nice lead but he hadn't had enough wins in the season in order for him to win sorry so for him to, if he had finished second and Hakkinen win, he yeah. wouldn't have won the title. No, no. So it was a case of it's still not really in his hands if he doesn't win. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, which proved to be the case, didn't it, in, in the last race? Yeah, yeah. Um, so post-race, Ferrari failed scrutineering due to a problem with their barge boards. Both were disqualified, which made Hakkinen and McLaren champions of both the drivers and constructors. Uh, what, what a way to win a title, yeah. obviously. <laughs> It didn't happen. Yeah. Spoiler. Well, why didn't that happen? Because <laughs> um, Ferrari appealed, didn't they? Yeah, they did. But I mean, can you imagine if that's that had decided the world championship? I, I mean, bet, that would I have summed Michael, up that season beautifully. Uh, yeah. Irvine nearly winning and then they getting disqualified. Schumacher yeah. was probably like, maybe Schumacher added. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah he he like, peeled uh, them off or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Ferrari appealed and a week later were reinstated in the results. How, how did it get overturned? What happened there? Was a, was money exchanged? Was did the FIA get a little bit of stick for this one? They did get quite a lot. This was, I think, this was sort of the beginning of like the whole oh Ferrari, Ferrari international system. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, I think what happened was the stewards had thought that the barge board was basically hanging too low beneath the car, um, and F one had a rule of the bottom of the car must be flat. Um, but Ferrari argued that that's basically impossible to enforce um, and that the steward had measured the barge board wrong. Um, right. the F- so the FIA believed that um, and said that, you know, it was fine because, you know, the stewards thought there was a 10 millimetre, it was 10 millimetres too low, but there's a 5 millimetre tolerance, which Ferrari was within when measured correctly and that was all fine but that was controversial in itself because there was nothing in the rules stating that there was a five millimeter tolerance um, oh really like there were certain areas of the car like the wings and stuff where you have to be like millimeter perfect yeah and there are very tiny tolerances but there was nothing in this area so I think Ferrari basically realized this and thought hang on we can you know argue our way out of this saying you can't punish us for exceeding a tolerance that doesn't exist oh. um but i don't think it was dealt with in particularly the best way um and this is something that we've mentioned in a previous podcast about ross braun saying like being like very honest with the fia about certain things and then in 50 50 decisions they would side with ferrari because they had no reason not to suspect them yeah and i think this was one of those occasions <laughs> um yeah it was a very very controversial thing and mm. i think a lot of people in the past like bernie eccleston at the time of the initial disqualification just said it was rubbish that 
Ferrari have been disqualified because we need a title showdown sort of thing. So that makes you wonder as well. Like. Oh, yeah. I mean, Bernie's <laughs> in it for the money, isn't he? Yeah. He doesn't want people tuning out of the uh, the finale to the season, although I'm pretty sure <laughs> if he was in charge this year, he'd also be pretty upset with the fact that we're probably not going to get an Abu Dhabi finish uh, for the title race. don't think so. Um, <laughs> so obviously with this happening, people were then very much on the side of McLaren and wanting them to win after this whole debacle. Yeah. Yeah, there was a... Um, I think in Suzuka at the final race, Jacques Villeneuve was asked about it and he said, uh, for everyone, racing is motorsport is a dream. And then at some point you realise that it's not much of a dream anymore. Like in a very suggestive way, like uh, McLaren would probably realise that, or Hackenden, that that's, the dream is over. Or that, and everyone basically wanted Ferrari, uh, McLaren to win because yeah. they felt that was the correct... That they'd been cheated out of this... That if Ferrari by... had won the title, it would have been really contentious that, you know, they'd had this decision overturned on them. The fact that they'd mm. actually been disqualified and, you know, McLaren had probably gone through that stage of going, well, we're champions. We've won the championship now. Not that yeah. they were going to celebrate because obviously that could be appeals, but they've won the championship yeah, because yeah. they've done this illegal thing. And then for them to go, oh, actually. That's just not maybe, illegal. No, it's probably not. No, there's no, a tolerance. No, let's let's have a final. Yeah. Let's have a final race. Go on. Mad. Um, but then we actually just look a little bit to the last race. Schumacher was strangely out of form in Suzuka, which mm. kind of links in Almost with like the he whole, didn't want Evan to win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> links in with the whole, he wants to be the first Ferrari driver's champion. Maybe even <clears throat> within Ferrari. I don't know. Would they want Eddie Irvine being their staple boy? The one that well, brought... We- a driver's championship well, well considering he was going to jaguar the next year and would have taken the number one to a different team probably not <laughs> there's there is an interesting story though where in a random town in ireland there is a um prancing horse statue which is believed to have been a present for eddie irvine when he won the world championship for ferrari <laughs> oh, really <laughs> and it's now in some random irish town um, and it was meant to be a present for Eddie Irvine or something. And obviously he never won the title. But um, <coughs> Schumacher, is this right that Schumacher, if Schumacher had won, Hakkinen was second and Irvine third, Irvine would have been tied to win the title? Uh, no, I think that would have gone back to the countback thing. Okay. Um, no. Um, oh, no. No, because Irvine was four points ahead. Of Hackenham going oh yeah, so if Schumacher race. had won the race, he would have been the champion. Yeah, if yeah. Schumacher yeah. had won. So basically, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. that, that's what I remember from that race that Eddie Irvine had no pace. Shock, sorry, Eddie. Um, <laughs> Didn't he finish like a minute behind them? Or something yeah, like a minute that? behind them, and Hackenham and Schumacher raced out in front. And if Schumacher had passed Hackenham and won that race, Irvine would have been champion. champion yeah, but for some reason Schumacher just didn't have just much pace. Didn't, yeah. After finishing a second faster in qualifying the previous race and absolutely dominating and being three seconds lap quicker than anyone, just didn't have the pace. I'd love to see some onboards of just him just kind of lifting coasting <laughs> just into every corner. I bet, he, I bet he finished with so many, so much more fuel than he needed. But um, yeah, so interesting uh, tactics from Schumacher. Uh, anything else to to report on this on this particular that time win? I guess you 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 wrote the question here, Dan, of what Schumacher was heart, heart in it do you mean did he care about Irvine winning the no title? he didn't no. no no he definitely but Ferrari did win the constructors championship which I think he I think he would have wanted in Schumacher's head yeah. that's exactly what he wanted yeah constructors but not the drivers for, yeah for Irvine and then the year after he won the drivers and he's a sneaky he's a sneaky man isn't is he it, that it? guy very yeah. sneaky yeah um so yeah that's it we're done are we done Tommy we are 
Yeah. You're yeah. Looking at, you're no, just looking, looking at the notes, deeply, just making sure that there was no, nothing else. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Hey, did it again. No. Uh, rather than watching this That Time When podcast. If you have any suggestions, then make sure you do tweet us um, or Instagram message us. But I think tweets us, tweet us is probably easiest with the hashtag WTF1podcast uh, with your ideas, suggestions, whatever you want us to talk about. We, uh, we do listen. We do read. Um, because then it adds to our list of things to talk about, because F1 is so interesting, especially back in the day. Maybe not so much right now, but hey, it's all good. And also give us a a review on Audio Boom, Apple Podcasts, all those good stuff, wherever you're listening. Uh, Give us some nice little feedback. Five stars. Some nice, beefy. Some some nice, beefy, bovril (laughs) five-star feedback. That would be lovely. (laughs) And uh, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Tommy, Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure, as always. Really? uh, Yes. Oh, good. It's been a, a big pleasure. A big pleasure. This is the biggest pleasure of my life. Oh, Goodbye. Good. I can see it in your face. <laughs> oh, Peaky McGee. Peakmeup.com. Goodbye. Peaky 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 Peaky